0: The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Now, I'm joined by Peter Leonard. Peter is a barrister who specializes uh, in employment law because we wanted to return to that story of the injunction taken by a Twitter executive. Uh, in respect of uh, uh, her being locked out of her Twitter accounts or rather out of her her work email accounts and all the rest of it. This is Tim Healy writing in the Irish Independent. He says, an Irish-based senior executive of Twitter has secured a temporary High Court injunction preventing the social networking giant from terminating her employment. The order was secured by a woman who is working as Twitter's global vice president for public policy and she claims that by not responding to a generic and vague email that was sent to all Twitter employees by its owner, she has been treated as if she were no longer employed by the company. Now, obviously, that's going to have to get litigated and ventilated in a court of law. But Peter Leonard might have a view into the wider context. Peter, I was surprised by the decision that Twitter took or that Elon Musk took to let so many people go so quickly because I was under the the misapprehension, I guess, that these things tended to require significant processes, procedures and bureaucracy.
1: Absolutely, Anton. Um, I think Elon Musk is a law unto himself. So I think he went about it his own way. He had just taken over Twitter and he issued all these edicts effectively saying that employees were being let go and he was reducing the staff. And he did it in a a completely summary manner and tried to get rid of people without going through due process. Now, we know that if you are trying to make a significant number of people redundant from an Irish company, there is a legal process. You have to negotiate. You have to notify the government in relation to that. Uh, and there has to be uh, a process put in place. But every individual, remember, everybody, indiv- every individual has an employment contract with Twitter uh, and they have rights and they have entitlements. And in this circumstance, if they're being made redundant because the company claims their job is no longer there or the company has to restructure and their their, their, their role that they fill uh, is no longer Available and therefore on that basis they can be made redundant. There has to be a process of engagement and there has to be a reason why one person is selected over another. You can't just fire out a pile of emails saying, you're gone, it's over, you know, we don't want you anymore. So this is a very courageous move uh, by Ms McSweeney who has taken this case. Uh, now she has got an interim injunction which just parks everything for the moment. As you say, as you said in your introduction there, it will have to be litigated. It will have to go to court. She will have to say that she has rights that were not respected, uh, and that will park things, and then the court will look at that, and probably there will be some form of settlement. Uh, if the company is minded to terminate somebody's employment, they probably can proceed with that, uh, but they will have to pay significant compensation. So I think she's just pre- protecting her position for the moment. Uh, and I suppose we have to see how it plays out when it goes to court properly.
0: How significant is this kind of thing for multinationals? Because I assume the disparity in employment law around the world is great and therefore the things that you can do if you're based in Delaware are significantly different than the things that you can do if your office is in Paris.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we, we you know, the, the the American notion that you can fire anybody in a heartbeat uh, doesn't operate to the same level over here. I mean, it, it is we have the unfair dismissal act since 1977, uh, and anybody now you can dismiss somebody here, and in, in, unfortunately, people they go, I can't be dismissed. You can, you can, you can dismiss somebody for a bad reason, but then that person will have a, a perfectly good claim against you, uh, and will be able to claim unfair dismissal, and will be able to get compensation for being fired by a company. So, so I mean, it's it's people are people's rights are protected. So an employer can terminate somebody's employment, but if the employment is being terminated in a manner where fair procedures have not been applied, if, for example, somebody is accused of misconduct, an employer says, oh, I don't like what you did there, or whatever, they must have some form of due process. There's grievance procedures within employment where people can activate that. So an employer can't dismiss without going through those procedures. Um, but in, in, in circumstances where an employer just says, look, we need to, we need to remove somebody from, the, the, from the, the job, you can actually do that but the person will have a full right to compensation and will have the right to compensation up to two years uh, of their salary. So, I mean, employers are going to be very reluctant to do that. You treat people properly Uh, redundancy is the option that's available to employers if they need to restructure but they must go through it properly and they must if if they if they select somebody for redundancy it must be the correct person they can't just do it on a willy-nilly basis they must have good grounds and good reasons for doing that and they must be able to explain that the job because of restructuring or because of cost cuts or whatever no longer exists.
0: And as you say, in this instance, until it is litigated and, and ventilated into court of law, we won't know which uh, applies or doesn't apply in this uh, specific instance. But very interesting insight into a, a case that I think will have a lot of eyes on it, given the precedent that it uh, may set in relation to that whole sector. Peter Leonard, thank you very much for joining us. It's Peter Leonard, barrister, um, specializing in employment law. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.